Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wong, Pickups. Hey, this is me, Todd Novak. We are super thrilled to be doing another show. It's like it's like when a really old person wakes up and goes, I'm just happy to be alive. It's kind of like, that's what, you know, I feel like every show is a gift and I appreciate this gift that we have right now with everybody who's listening. That's right. I am super excited about this episode because I have been drooling all over these particular guitars for quite some time. Who do we have on the line right now? Who is this? See, see, who is this? Well, you know what? You, you, you prepped me for this, and I was I, every time, I, and, and every time it still I was like they want me to talk now. Ninety this for is, ninety. This, gosh, darn it! Gosh, darn it! This is Matthew Timmons, GM of Novo Guitars. What's up, guys? Hey, Novo Guitars. That is Correctamundo. Um, yes. Hopefully, you guys are all very familiar with the beauties that grace the Instagram. Um, mm. These are really, really outstanding guitars, and I'm just, I'm just really excited. Now that we got the, all the excitement and stuff out of the way, um, we just want to give a real quick shout out to Rode Microphones for supplying our audio equipment, our microphones. They've been very good to us, and uh, we're hoping to get them on the show. Actually, uh, and, the, and then do a not to mention show. the lovely articulating arms. All of the things that go along with this. Yes, that's what Jared is most excited about. Oddly enough, I'm not really sure. Well, I really you, you thought you were going to be most excited about the, the the pop screens. No, you don't have to turn any knobs to tighten or loosen anything to move the arms around. You just move the, them around, right. and that's it. That's the that's the point of good equipment. This is very exciting. Yep. So, anyways, uh, thank you, Rode Microphones, for supplying that. Yeah. And um, I think we're just gonna get on with the thing here. Let's do it. Do you guys have any other business that you want to mention? Well, what's this podcast about? Well, that's a good. That's a, why don't you tell everybody? Well, basically, we we showcase the smaller builder and we learn about how they got into doing what they're doing. Yes, the boutique builders of the world. That's right. And then once in a while, we have a a big, you know, a bigger business on a biggie, yeah. a whale. There's nothing wrong with that. We like no, to mix it up. They, they had hey, they had to start somewhere. That's yeah. right. We're not going to discriminate. No, we're not about that. Uh, it's really hot in our studio right now. I'm just saying. And we had a tornado warning, which was kind of weird. What is going on in our music world this week? Jared. Well, recently I was down at the Dallas Guitar Show, mm-hmm. and I just want to touch on that a little bit. I I got to meet uh, Mr. Keeley of Keeley Pedals, and also I ran into Seymour Duncan again. And he notably recognized me from the first time I met him in in California, and that just literally it almost made me cry, and that really made my day. I Wait, mean, I, you I are a giant left. amongst men, I, so it's, yeah, hard, you're that's hard true. it's hard to not see you. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. That's true. I do not look like the average guy walking around. But anyways, um, I had a really good time. There was a lot of different. Uh, type of guitars, um, cheap guitars, really old, expensive guitars. I've never seen so many bursts in my life, as in 1959 original, you know, expensive bursts. Original-ish. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> Possibly original. It, exactly. But anyway, it was um, it was a great, great time. So, did you see any other celebrities? Yeah, I. I 
I I saw some celebrities there. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Derek St. Holmes. Yeah. Um, Eric Johnson. Okay, Eric Johnson. He was walking around. I talked to Derek. I didn't talk to Eric Johnson. And uh, that was about it. Oh, there had to be more than that. Maybe more, but I'm, you know. Maybe they were incognito. Maybe. Where they had their people go into the show. You know, you see kids playing on uh, Instagram and Facebook a lot, and they're really, really good and whatever. Those kids were there. Like all those little kids that you see jamming on the guitar that get a lot of attention on social medias, they were there. Yeah. Hmm. So. Were any of the cats on the piano there? Nope. No cats on pianos. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's a shame. No. Well, it would be the piano fest then, I guess. Right. <laughs> anyway, I, it was a very, very successful, fun trip. Good for you. Yeah. Good. Yeah, nice. Tony. All right. Well, this week, as I sit here looking at this beautiful autographed case from Brandon Wound Pickups, Jared <laughs> actually signed the case. Yeah. Um, I have been putting together a project. We've, I guess, all been on kind of a jazz master, telemaster journey. And uh, I put together a uh, my version of a Ventures Jazz Master. Uh, Fender Japan put out adventures jazz master in the mid 90s probably 95 96 and the big difference is they got rid of the upper controls and it almost the top edge of the guard is almost more like a strat Mm -hmm. Um, so they simplified the controls they made a couple of other changes it had a bound neck with block inlays so i've got all the parts together and one of the things that i thought i would do this time which may or may not be the best thing that I've ever done, um, is uh, there was a small batch of late 60s jazz masters that had the uh, Grover, full-size Grover uh, machines that had like the old perloid, uh, I guess they call them banjo buttons. Uh, originally, those were used on like the Coronados and a couple of the, like the Montego and, and a couple of other oddball guitars that Fender put out in the late 60s. But I apparently, you were talking about uh, like mid seventies American cars. Mid seventies American cars. Yeah, you know, the Coronados and the you know, no, the, <laughs> there was no Coronado. Just, that was I know, a it just Coronado. Like it. <laughs> Jeez, oh man, I tell you, Chrysler Coronado, Cordoba with rich oh, Corinthian right. leather. Cordoba. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. <laughs> anyhow, yeah. uh, we'll save that for the car right. car podcast. Yes. Um, but anyhow, so, uh, so I, I actually, <laughs> I mean, there are, there are days I wonder what, what I'm thinking, but, um, so I contacted Grover cause no one has six in line, uh, Grover tu- full size tuning machines with these particular buttons. So I contacted them and they said, no, it won't fit. We don't sell them. So what I ended up having to do was to buy two sets of three by three tuners and now, so I've got a full left-hand set of six in lines. Oh, weird. Everything fits, but it is a, it's a very tight fit. Yeah. I even sent the guy from Grover a, a photo of the, the machines that they made oh, for man. Fender. Oh, no, that wouldn't help. I was, was just thinking uh, about Florian, millimetric. He, he's got his own tuners with the knurled ends that don't have a big profile on them. You could have ran six of those. That's a possibility. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's a different yeah. look, obviously. Yeah, this, I mean, so if anybody has a uh, a uh, a Firebird project, 
uh, that has uh, machines on the treble side. Mm-hmm. I've got six machines for you. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. So, but anyhow, and then of course, everything is gold hardware. So that always complicates everything. Right. But, um, but anyhow, I will have a uh, finished product up and posted to the website now that the Brandon Wound uh, wide range humbuckers in a Jazzmaster cover. That's right. Are here. Mm. This, these are going to be cool pickups. Awesome. Uh, let's see here, Matthew. Yeah. What's going on in your music world, buddy? <clears throat> well, let's see. Besides making fabulous guitars all day, I got last week. I got to meet Mr. David Byrne. Oh wow! wow. Yeah, that was like our my first big like. We moved to Nashville. We'll get into all that exciting stuff, I'm sure. But I went to the Ryman where David Byrne was touring and his guitar player on this tour is playing one of our Novos. And, uh, I got to hang out uh, backstage and I had no illusions that, that David would show up. Right. We just got sat down. We were waiting for the band to come back. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen like what he's doing on this tour, but there's about 15 musicians on stage and yeah. they're all wearing wireless. It's an incredible show if you get a chance to go. So we're all sitting there. There's probably about 15 people waiting for the band to come back. And we turn around. The first person through the door is David Byrne wow. himself. Aww. That's Amazing. And he's bringing two bottles of wine. And he's like, hi, everybody. And we were all sitting Legend. there in, si- in silence because <laughs> we had no idea. No one thought they were going to meet him. And he comes back. He's got his Hawaiian shirt on and he starts pouring wine. And then uh, we got to go up and say <laughs> hi. And, and it was like, I was just stunned. I don't know what to say. I, he, he, I just asked him just like, I said, great show. And he's like, and uh, Angie Swan, that's the guitar player. She introduced us and said, oh yeah, these guys make uh, my guitar. And he said he thought it sounded really good and asked if we had uh, checked out the Kemper because that's what they're using on everything is Kemper profiles for everything. And then he kind of just wandered off into the night and it was amazing. So wow. it's like, I didn't have any great questions for him or anything. It was just one of those like, like moments you that you don't do. really prepare for. You're just like, <laughs> you know, even though I'm going backstage at his show, I'm like, he's still not going to sh- show up. Right. He's going to go do something else. So it was a, it was a pleasure and I'm still kind of, kind of stunned that it happened. It was oh, awesome. That's very cool. And just yeah. for clarification for anybody that doesn't know David Byrne, uh, the lead of Talking Heads, previously, yes. you know, kind of a kind of a big deal in the music community, and uh, that's one performer I would really love to see, and I have not had the opportunity to. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, it was once in a lifetime moment, man. Uh, so I was. Uh, I'm crafting. We're 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 just about. We're getting close to going into full. Hang on, I gotta sneeze. There it is. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right, Matthew, give us your four on the floor. All right, four on the floor. Here we go. Number one, bury me with it. Pedal for me. The Earthquaker Dispatch Master. Uh-huh. My all-time favorite, mostly because I'm a horrible player, at least in my head. And you put this little baby on there and you just get a little extra of everything. I like to set it up mostly for like a little slapback uh, delay with a little bit of reverb on it. So it's kind of echoey and fun. Um, and it just kind of fattens everything up a lot. Um, I just, uh, you know, since I've gotten that thing, I think I've improved as a player quite a bit just because it just gives me a lot more space to work with um and i just you know love the goddamn thing it's perfect cool number two earthquaker again speaker cranker 
It's almost for the same reason. Like I, I kind of wanted to set up something that I could use in sort of any kind of situation. Yeah. And those two pedals kind of do it. Speaker cranker just gives you a little bit more of whatever you're plugged into. If you got a clean amp, it gives you a little bit of hair. If you're in a dirty amp, it just gives you a little bit more push. One knob and, you know, it's a really transparent, but does a little bit more than just being transparent. It's not like a, uh, just a, a boost. It has a little bit of personality to it. Mm -hmm. And, and it sounds awesome cranked up all the way. So sometimes that's what I'll do too. So those yep. two are kind of my all time, just, you know, I'll put them on every board that I ever do. I kind of stuck with the speaker cranker, uh, just as like a whim purchase. It was like, I was buying a bunch of stuff at the time and I was like, it's like 95 bucks. I'm just going to go for it. I like Earthquaker, and you know, for me, it's pretty invaluable because I'm, I'm a, one of those people that's never happy with his overdrive ever. Okay. And so it's just, I always need it to kind of go, it's like a, it's like a, uh, a D, uh, it's like a, uh, a safe haven for me. If I have it, I feel like I can kind of figure out any situation that I'm in. So nice. Yeah, man. Um, number three, kind of on along those same lines, the JHS Superbolt. Um, this one for me is that I, I've always really struggled with getting the right fuzz pedal in concept. I, I want fuzz pedals really badly. I listen to a lot of music that has fuzz mm -hmm. and I've never gotten one that I've absolutely loved. That was perfect. Mm -hmm. This isn't a fuzz pedal, but it kind of gets a little bit in that territory. So you mm -hmm. can kind of use it either way. It's based on old super amps. Um, I went through a really strong telly phase. Um, and so I got this around the same time and it's basically can do Led Zeppelin one, if you put those two things together. And <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. I like, you know, it was when yeah. I was learning how to play, I'm an Hard old metalhead. I'm an old metalhead. And so one day I was like, I really need to learn how to actually play the guitar um, and not just play metal. And so this was kind of my gateway. It was like to kind of come down off of all that um, sort of distortion, but still like feel comfortable with my meaty riffs. Mm -hmm. And so it was the, the Super Bowl was kind of the way to do that. And um, it's kind of the same thing. I always kind of default with a clean amp because I've never been really happy trying to figure out what my overdrive is going to be. So having the speaker cranker in that, like, again, sort of make me feel comfortable whatever whatever I'm playing through. Yeah. And then... On, on that note... Yeah, you, go ahead. Have you yeah. ever, uh, since you were talking about JHS and Fuzz, yeah. and, not, and never really being happy with one, have you mm -hmm. ever explored the Muffaletta? I have not. It's always been on the list. Uh, I'm one of those, those, those people that, like, I don't like... I'm like... I don't like to buy things that much because if I feel like it's sort of a gateway, like if I start buying stuff, I'll <laughs> buy a lot of stuff. So I have very distinct periods in my life where sure. I bought a lot of gear and then I stop and then I buy a lot of gear and I stop. So it's been a while since I actually bought my first pedal that I, I bought in like a long time recently. Wow. Um, and so, you know, there's a ton of them on the list that I want to try, but I tend to get very comfortable with what I have. And then, you know, when it's time for me to get something new, it's, it's, it's a torturous process for me. I'm like legendary for like loving gear and wanting a ton of gear and buying nothing. That's kind of my thing. So, right. um, yeah, it's a weird thing, but that's how I am. Um, and then, um, just yeah, real quick on that note, since yeah. you we're just talking about speaker mm -hmm. cranker and overdrive and getting the fuzz. I, I yep. might just throw it out there i don't typically do this during four on the floor but i am not in a i am not in a dissimilar pos position as you which yes is double two double negatives which makes it a positive mm -hmm. um and something that solved that for me was the uh champion lecky uh the uh um oh, what what's it called the um the fetal boost 
You should check that thing out, man. I'm just saying. I'm putting it down on the list. Oh, and it's there hand painted too. So it's like, Ooh, yeah. Nice. And it has underpants on it. It's got underpants on, the, on it. Yeah. Which I, I'm in right now. So it <laughs> <that> works. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway. That's that's three. Yeah. Four. Last last one would be the the Tease Real McCoy Wizard Wah. Whoa. It's a, yeah. If you, so this guy I got. The RMC. So, so this the is RMC, the one. Man. If, if, this if is you're it. looking out there on Instagram, mm-hmm. you keep seeing a, a pedal that has a big RMC logo mm-hmm. on it. These are hot right now. I don't know why, but they are. So I bought this bad boy, I think, in 2003 or 2004 from uh, True Tone Music in Santa Monica. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know why I remember that so well, but I do. And... I've been looking forever. Like I really wanted a wah. Was looking for something that could work with heavy music, fuzz, all that stuff. I was never a big crybaby, you know, classic kind of, you know, 70s soundtrack wah fan. Yep. This has a really, really wide sweep to it. It was like kind of one of the first ones that I ever encountered that had that. So it can get real expressive and, you know, real interesting with it. It's not just kind of one mode. Right. Um, so I just, I really like it because it sounds awesome, you know, cocked all the way like you want out of a wah sometimes, but kind of like you can really use that sweep and kind of put it anywhere in there and get a really interesting tone because it's it's got such a wide sweep that you can kind of do a lot of different stuff with it so i've always you know been a really big fan of the wah for not just kind of the classic use for it but just getting all of those different sort of like tones out of it um in the middle and this one you know i've it's been the it's the longest pedal that i've owned that's cool continuously since 2003 so wow yeah, man. Yeah, it's a great well, one. I don't see it as often, but it's awesome. You never really know what drives certain things. Yes. And right now, I just feel like I'm seeing that constantly on Instagram. That's all mm-hmm. I see. Um, so and the Wizard one came in like a red powder coat, so mm, it's like really stands out. It's, yeah. it's a it's a cool pedal. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a solid little lineup. I like it. Very Thanks, cool. Man. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, sure. So uh, we are now going to enter the phase of our podcast in which we interview said guest about what they're actually making. And you are the general manager. Yes. For Novo Guitars. Everybody who is not currently driving has access to a computer or a phone. Get to Novo Guitars immediately. Stat. Stat. <laughs> Stat. Toot sweet. And check out what we're talking about here. So, Matthew, uh, yes. really quickly, let's start with sort of an overview of Novo yeah. and some of the back history. Yeah, so I'm the general manager for Novo Guitars. Uh, Novo Guitars is a company owned and uh, operated and designed by Dennis Fano. Uh, A lot of people might know Dennis from his previous company, Fano Guitars. Uh, He started up uh, Novo Guitars in October of 2015. Um, I came on in July of 2016, and uh, it's a pretty simple operation. We make awesome electric guitars in Nashville, Tennessee. They're pretty much pretty vintage inspired kind of Fender style designs with unique body shapes and unique parts that we do. Um, So we don't do any sort of copies. It's all our own stuff. And uh, we've got kind of a a template that we use one body style and we do tons of variety as far as pickups, bridges, different options. Uh, So we were pretty much a custom shop uh, when we started and we're starting to sort of narrow down the models that people like. 
We do uh, a Saris line where we do a T, a J, and an S, and they're exactly kind of what they sound like, a Tele style, a sort of Jazzmaster style, and a Strat style guitar. Um, but we do so much more than that as far as kind of combining all those different things to make uh, some really unique instruments and, um, you know, unique finishes, pickguard combinations, and uh, it's, uh, it's a blast every day because we're doing about, you know, 20, 25 guitars a month right now. So we're a pretty small operation. Um, we just hired, uh, I think, our 10th guy. So we're ready to kind of really ramp things up over the next uh, a year or so. And it's, uh, it's been a wild ride so far uh, to get to this kind of be the first employee uh, with Dennis here at Novo to try to grow and see where we are going to go with all these things and sort of see what the guitars have evolved into from his original concept. Uh that is a very good description of what you guys do. The, the, <laughs> Thank only, you. Th the only thing that I would, I would change there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, and, and I don't mean change. I just mean, I want to make sure that perception. All right. Yeah. When, yeah. Totally. When you're talking about fender inspired things. It's it, for those who are, are not familiar. There are loads and loads of guitars out there that are, I, I mean, inspired is, is, is you is very loosely. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, you know, when I try to describe sort of what they are, I, what I mean by that is just scale length and, and bolt on really, and, you know and, what and I mean? Parts the, the, it's, yeah. it's, you can jalopy it into just about anything you want sure. with, with a said number of parts. And I, I want to make that distinction because in, you know, this is something that we were talking about before the show Mm -hmm. the, I, the coming up with an original design is so difficult and to be able to do that successfully and have it look amazing and as versatile as these are it it it, 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 it we got to give credit there and make sure that it, it you know everybody's listening isn't just picturing a strat or a jag or a telly cuz this is not the none case. of the above none of the mm -hmm. above. And I will go on the record as saying, do I it. love these guitars. Yes. <laughs> Thank Plain you. And it's simple. I, I do. do too. I don't say that often. This is no. the first time I've ever said we that. We both said it at the same time. <laughs> you hate all the other ones. <laughs> yeah. But you really like these. I love these. Well, I thank you guys. Fantastic. I appreciate that. You know, I Me love too. them too. And it's, uh, I, I try to describe to people exactly what my job is here. And this is literally the dream job. Like I've been a fan of Dennis's stuff since I first saw them. And I always was sort of dreaming up what I would do if I could work for the guy. And then when this thing whole came together, it was just, it's still surreal just sitting here getting to talk to you guys about it. Just yeah. how much I'm, how into it I am <laughs> and how much I love and how much he's going to kill me. If he heard that I said the F word on this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in, in just a little bit. Uh, but that's a great, that's a great setup so that everybody knows exactly what we're get, getting into. And you're operating out of Nashville, right? Yes. Yeah. We, Dennis was, um, in, uh, Pennsylvania. That's where his home base was, where he was mm -hmm. building guitars when he was still at his previous company. And when he started up Novo and then the, we moved down here a year ago this week. Wow. So that's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was, it was a little bit confusing for the guitar community when that happened, just because they're like, wait, what? Uh, huh? <laughs> when, was Novo, it? when Novo came out. Yeah, because it wasn't it just wasn't clear. There wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, all over the news, like, you know, 
Gibson or Fender or something, <laughs> you know. But then we're like, well, wait, who does? Are they? Are these both the same now? What's going on? It's it's one of the hard parts about what we were, we've been doing is sort of how do you sort of put yourself out there, especially early on, without sort of drawing attention to the old right. company, which is still on operation. Dennis wanted to handle it, and he was doing Nova while he was still working with those guys. Wow. So it was it was one of those things to where if, if you know trying to kind of figure out how to best to do this and we've never really formally done anything. We kind of just set up shop and started making guitars and right. and never like put a press release out about what was going on. It was just like, you know, so we did get a lot of confusion when when I when we were starting out that people were like, "So do you have like three different brands cuz we've got another one too." Um that's a whole that's that's another story we can get into, but there's like people were confused on who was making what and what the role was right. and all that stuff but th that's been a problem for the that those brands ever since dennis sold the guitar company back in the day sure so i'm like who was making what with fano so right well and not yeah. totally unlike what fender has has done with various companies and yes and stuff but yeah we'll get into that in a second you just touched on something that just made me smile which i was very yeah. happy to hear um i i, I love hearing people pour out their heart about what they what they love doing whatever yes. passion that is and so this is clearly yours how uh, did you stumble into this um the the industry or dennis or the whole bit uh let's go let's start out with how you got into the the how the guitar bug bit you and then ultimately how you're sitting in that seat right now how's that great yeah, so the guitar bug bit me pretty early my father um is an incredible guitarist I grew up on the central coast of California, um, so San Luis Obispo. It's about halfway between San Francisco and LA. And, you know, I grew up sort of listening to Van Halen and watching Spinal Tap and doing the whole bit with my, my dad. And he was a, you know, Thursday night, Saturday night guitar player who had gigs every week and you know i was like in the garage with him when he learned how to play hot for teacher right so it's like <laughs> this is something that it's it's been my whole life um so then later on um when i got a little older he got a job over at ernie ball music man because they are in san luis obispo california so he's he started working sales for them and then he got into artist relations so Early on, I was like hanging out um, at, at uh, company picnics with Ernie and Sterling. I got to meet like Albert Lee, Steve Morse, nice. Steve Lukather. So this was like my, this was just normal for me. And I don't think that I've ever wanted to do anything else. Like once you get involved in that, it's just like, this is the coolest. And my dad's a super humble dude. And he kind of was always appreciative of sort of getting to be involved in all that kind of stuff and getting to meet these just amazing dudes and amazing players. And so it was always about sort of the excitement of making guitars and being a part of it. And so that was sort of what kind of drew me to it was just like, I couldn't play a lick, you know, I've gotten better over the years, but you know, I knew that like, I wasn't going to make it, you know, shredding. So it was like, what could I do? And then, so I got a gig working at Ernie Ball Music Man when I was 19 um, thanks dad. Appreciate it. Um, and I was doing a final inspection of instruments and inventory. And I also worked in the wood shop and did sanding. And ever since I, I did that, it was just, that's, this is all I've wanted to do. So it was really great. So I worked there for about five years. Um, and then I moved up to Seattle, um, to try out some new stuff. I worked for Microsoft and Bose for a while, but then I got hooked up over at Lawler pickups. 
If you guys are all familiar with the Lawler pickups. Yeah, 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 they're all right. You little company. One or two different types. Jared, have you heard they, of Lawler pickups? <laughs> yeah, you guys have heard Lawler? Small yeah, company. I actually met Jason. <laughs> little place. And Jason actually gave me a tour. So... Yeah, of, the, Jared, of his shop in Tacoma. Jared makes pickups too, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> so a little company called Lawler. So I yeah. got to work there for three years and that's when I started doing, you know, sales, marketing, um, that kind of stuff is what I did for them because um, I had a sales background now. I did that with Microsoft and Bose and that's where I heard about Dennis for the first time is that he was buying Lawlers and I was, I saw the guitars for the first time that he was building. And I literally, when I first saw them, I said, this is it. This is the guy. This is the aesthetic. This is the energy. This is the vibe. Like Dennis is the best guitar builder in the world. And I was like, I was I, from that moment on I, in my head, I was like, I have to figure out how to work for this guy. I got to figure out how to get there sometime. And he was in nowhere, Pennsylvania, and I'm living in Seattle. And I was like, that's not going to happen, right? Because I'm going to concerts and, mm -hmm. you know, living in the city and enjoying myself and working for Lawler. And I was like, that's not going to happen. And then the whole thing with Premier Builders Guild was murky as far as like who was making what guitars. And I was always confused by it. I was never really into sort of how they presented everything over there. And so in my head, I was like, this is what I would do if I was running Fano. Right. Like I had big, big boy pants on and I was like, this is what I would do. This is what I would do this. And I'd market this and I do this. I always had it in my head that, that of what kind of stuff I would do. Cause I just loved just all the, all the stuff that he was doing. And then when I got wind that he might be on his way out and he was doing um, like starting up the Novo thing, I, I literally like wrote a list of all the companies that I w might want to work for. And he was number one. And I had heard about it. I was like, still like Pennsylvania. I can't do Pennsylvania. You know, I would write to him about the guitars occasionally, but Pennsylvania, I don't know. And then I heard through the grapevine, which again, here comes my father. He had gotten, uh, Dennis was sort of uh, talking through some back channels about needing a general manager. And he was talking to some of his dealers, uh, early, early dealers for Novo needing, needing somebody. And one of the dealers is friends with my dad. So he said, hey, Greg, that's my dad, Greg Timmons. He said, hey, Greg, Dennis is looking for a general manager. Maybe you'd be interested. And he's like, I'm not interested, but I know somebody who is. So he, he just sent me a message, said, you have to call Dennis right now. <laughs> and so I called him and he told me his plan for Nashville. And about 10 minutes into a conversation, we realized we had the same, same exact vision for what we would do. And it was the done deal right then and there. Man, that's exciting. That's so cool. I love that. It's 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 stupid. Even telling the story, I'm like, it's it's wild that it happened. So that was we talked in March of 2016, and I was out in Pennsylvania in July, and then we moved to Nashville in May. So it's like, just like that. It's crazy, man. And and you guys have just been gang busting ever since. Yeah, you know, we, we came down with uh, three employees and like I said, we're up to 10 now. We're being very cautious as far as how we're doing things, as far as ramping up. We're kind of getting a, a nice infrastructure going on down here, building out all, all the different departments, doing machines. We had a little bit of uh, help um, doing some contract work for our finishing while we got the spray booth up and running. Just little things here and there to try to kind of keep afloat while we we're trying to figure things out. Um, but we're, um, you know, a year in and, 
you know, we're kind of ready to burst, you know, we're, like I said, we're at 20, 25 guitars a month and we're primed to push that to 60, 70, hopefully by the end of the year. That's per awesome. Month. Wow. That's yeah. really, really fantastic. Yeah. And, and they're <laughs> not like redunculous prices. It's like, these are with definitely within reach. If you are buying a yeah brand new very well-made guitar serious customized yeah, serious yeah that's a serious guitar a serious guitar a yeah serious <laughs> yeah and we did that Cirrus. on purpose you know dennis priced the guitars that way when he was making them by himself and yeah. one of the reasons he did that was so when we did ramp up production it wasn't a situation where oh great now we're we're charging forty five hundred dollars for a handmade guitar and now we're doing production work and how are we going to move that many instruments when right. it's still i mean it's still very custom and there's a lot of handmade you know there's still only uh 10 of us right it's not big but how do you do that and we think the price point is really competitive yeah. for that and then so we have room to go you know when depending on how things go for us so yeah you can go yeah. down and you know, go up if you need to i imagine yeah we can do a like a like a budget or a student model or we can blow it out and do you know set net carve tops you know we have a lot of a lot of room to go either way which yeah. is very cool and we will we Where, definitely will how, how, tell me about the name uh is that derived from something at all it's latin for new Okay. That's simple. Dennis liked the way that it was kind of four letters like Fano. Yeah. And then also the N, you know, kind of at a distance looks like an F. So, you know, Oh yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's, 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 he wanted to do something that was, you know, a nice echo of, of what he did before. So I suggested he change his last name to Novo, but he's not, not seem to be <laughs> super into that just yeah, yet. Right. <laughs> Cause so, but I'm working on that one. That's like the last step is to get him to do that. No, so. no lawsuits <laughs> from Aldo Novo yet. <laughs> no, thank goodness. No, not yet. A couple restaurants named Novo haven't hit us up yet, yeah. but, uh, no, we're doing, we're doing well. It's, we're doing pretty good. So that's yeah. awesome. Now as a general manager can yes. like, what does, uh, you, so yeah, tell us all about that. Yeah. So what I do essentially is I'm in charge of, uh, everything, you know, what Dennis wants to do as a designer is to design the guitars, sort of work with, uh, our production manager and our team on sort of making sure that the quality is high. Dennis still does all the uh, inspections of uh, the parts. He'll still do uh, the play tests for every guitar. He still does a lot of the distressing, um, you know, because that's still his baby, you know, is distressing the guitars. We had a guy that's like sort of apprenticing under him right now. Um, so that kind of leaves everything else to me. You know, I do the boring stuff like the interviewing, hiring. Um, I do all sales, all marketing, all the social media um, I still do all the scheduling. Um, I even package the guitar still myself because I can't get over it. Like I still like to be the last one that touches the guitar before it ships out. Yeah, um, it's a good feeling. It's a, it's a, it's really exciting and fun. And especially the amount of people that sort of have them on order or buy a guitar before we ship it. Um, so I'll know who it's going to, and it's, it's a really fun thing. So, you know, I kind of just, you know, I'm, uh, essentially Dennis's right-hand man. Um, he gives me a lot of freedom to, sort of have give them input as far as design stuff, colors, uh, new models. Like we're kind of just, you know, doing this together. He lets me do all the stuff that he doesn't want to do like stuff like this, like go on to podcasts and talk it up. Cause he hates talking. He hates talking about himself. He hates talking about how, uh, great the guitars are. It's not his bag. He's su super humble and just a, a wonderful guy to work for. So I'll come on here and tell you how awesome the guitars are. That's my, that's my, that's my job to do Pre that. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I was just showing Tony, 
So it, it, one of my personal things right now is I, I'm doing a series of black guitars with gold sparkle pickguards. I saw the uh, the Cirrus T gold sparkle with a black pickguard, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that one. Oh man, that, that one was amazing. A- that guitar was really fun too because that was one that was specked out by a customer himself. He has a couple different Novos, um, and he he had, had an idea for one, and we had not done one with a single pickup yet. Yeah. So that one was, you know, Dennis did a complete custom pickguard just for that one. Yeah. And it, that was really got fun a rat to tail do too, which is cool. Yeah, that that Schroeder is my favorite bridge that we oh, use. Yeah. I have it. I have it on my personal um, Novo, and it just I love the the wrap tail. It's got the adjustable saddles on it, and it's just a huge, just beefy piece of uh, machinery that's yeah. just really feels really comfortable. So, on all, all the most of the, the stop tails that we do, that's what we use. That's so. cool. I dig but yeah, it. that guitar was that was a guitar like that that like you know we knew it would be cool and when it came together and it's got the the mid the beefy toggle to split the bridge yeah that one is yeah if you get a chance to look that one up man I'm, I goodness. just had it on my phone I was sitting yeah, like, yeah. that's a cool one it hurts my face to look at it yeah all um, the listeners out there go find that one check it yeah. out it's so, cool so um yeah on, on the finishes I noticed that yes. a lot of them especially even on Fano guitars there seem to be a lot more kind of relict or aged finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that it looks like you're kind of carrying it over into the Novo side too? Or Yes, um, definitely. Okay. Because, I mean, there's just really cool stuff. And the uh, the metal control plate, is that uh, yes. is that something you guys make in house, or is uh... we we have that made for us by Advanced Plating? Oh, okay, They're, which guys. are here in, in Nashville. Oh yeah, yeah. We, yeah we're, and yes. great great dudes. Yeah. So we'll we'll do a little work like that ourselves when we have we need something custom, but we have them do it and they do a fantastic yeah, job. Jeremy and so. Fred. Yep. They're yeah, good, yeah. Good folks. I, I buy stuff from Jared. Buys a ton of stuff for his pickups. I don't buy them. anything oh. from them, and I don't know these pella, fellas <laughs> or, or fellas. Jared Jared bought enough yeah. this year to get actual blue pint glasses at Christmas time. That's Jeez. right. I don't buy wow. enough, so I didn't get any. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've gotten any. <laughs> I guess we need to make more guitars. Yeah, there you yeah. go. You know, I had a, I also had a question about the finished. Are there yeah, totally. some models that you use grain filler and then you don't use grain filler? We knew, use no grain filler whatsoever. That's what I thought. I was looking we at had, pictures. I'm like, now is there, is that because, is, is there something to do with the tone or it's just an appearance thing or it's a little bit of all of it we use um and and just to clarify we did make uh some early guitars the sectus model which is a little more traditional finish um and we did some grain fill on that but you know for the most part we've kind of gotten away from that uh completely we use um tempered wood you know um um tempered pine and tempered swamp ash for the majority of our guitars and once we kind of get that stuff come in it just has a nice kind of you know like look to it um we so the idea is is that we want to sand the guitar to bring out sort of all the nice detail of it because we just really like that earthy kind of you know, resonant vibe that you get by seeing the wood under the finish. So it's, it comes a functional thing. We want to not have a lot of finish on there so the guitar can resonate. And we just like the way it looks because no matter what the finish is, it just reminds you that it's a piece of wood. Exactly. So it's, 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 it's both, we just, we just looks cool. It's just that extra texture and we definitely think it helps with the tone too. So interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think you have, um, y- you have an aesthetic that if, since we're talking about the grain and the paint and all that stuff, mm-hmm. 
I was trying to describe this to a friend who hadn't heard of Novo mm-hmm. um, and while we were driving, so we weren't looking at the phones and stuff. And I was I was trying to explain that it reminded me like w- when you fillet a fish, and you can you can kind of see the musculature in yes. down the line. Mm-hmm. And to add to that, so I'm you know if there, there's one in particular that that does this to a T on the Instagram account and it's the uh uh it's the ocean turquoise on the Siri on the Cirrus J mm-hmm. where you can see a sunburst and what appears to be I think like a like a primer underneath it or some there's yellow, there's burst and there's and there's turquoise, which sounds mm-hmm. like a mess if you just if you're just listening to it, but you look at it and you say, Holy moly, that's beautiful. But it reminds me of fish. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like a. It's like scales almost. Yeah, yeah it, too. it's kind. Yeah. It's kind of uh, interesting, and I thought, well, that's an interesting uh, kind of a, a, a unique finish, and then uh, that 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 kind of carries through that that grain, but it's not mm-hmm. um, like barnyard grain or anything like that. It's I haven't really seen anybody else do it quite like you guys are doing it. Am Thank I you. right in saying that? I think so. I mean, we try to be as unique as possible. One of the things that Dennis is really great at is sort of taking the wood and sort of getting a a vision of what it could look like. And we've gotten a lot of different um, tempered pine in, like a different species, different sources over the last two years. And every time we kind of get new stuff, it kind of morphs into sort of a new way of sanding it, a new way of finishing it. And then definitely when he's distressing the guitar, a new way of sort of bringing out whatever the wood can give him. And he's done a lot of really cool things just based on, it's like almost just working with the wood, giving it sort of finding kind of uh, an inspiration and what he's working with and coming up with something and definitely the way that the pine goes it gets that like nice kind of wavy ridges yes. to it and yes. and what you can do is you can get the finish in there and then he can kind of bring it out and then kind of leave it and bring it out and leave it and then it it's almost like blinds too like yeah. it's like you're yeah. and it's just it, would a guitar actually age that way if you kind of wore it off with a forearm maybe not but it looks really cool and yeah. and it looks natural enough because we do the distressing on the rest of the parts like down to every single screw so it just it's it's a neat thing to kind of not have to go okay what does a 70 year old guitar look like because these guitars didn't exist 70 years ago there's some there you're going to play them differently there's a new body right. shape right. so we can do whatever we want as long as people if you look at it you buy into it yeah. right and so i mean that's just dennis's creativity there of just always just you know his brain just works differently and he just sees this stuff and you know we've got a new guy zach who's working with us that, everybody's uh, got a guy named zach is that how it works everybody's yeah, got a guy so, like, we got a guy got a zach <laughs> i got a zach so, that works for me awesome zach's are good dudes yeah, I just, they it's just they're just good dudes so he's he's working with dennis and he's been doing a really great job and and it's nice to kind of being able to like have kind of a, a design bible of kind of what we've done over the last couple of years to yeah. kind of to kind of go by. But you know, it was really I was really worried that we wouldn't be able to find anybody that we liked because you know Dennis, you know, doing every single one himself is a non-starter if you want to grow. Sure. Um, and so it's just it's been really it's been really exciting to kind of have him come in and sort of learn and then bring something new to the table. So he does um, he does lacquer checking you know, razor blade sure. lacquer checking, which Dennis has never done. 
And so he's doing that on the guitars now. So we've never had that before. And it's another element to that distressing that we haven't had. And it's been really great to have that added on. Awesome. Very, yeah. very, very cool. Uh, and are you going to be getting into um, any other like uh, proprietary parts as you guys are growing? Or is that something that you're looking towards? We would love to do as, as proprietary stuff as we can. Um, Dennis always has a particular sort of design aesthetic. Kind of, I think a great example that you guys already brought up is the control plate. Yeah. Kind of instead of doing something that's just a, a, a regular kind of hot dog, he incorporated that into something <laughs> completely different. And that really works with, you know, our design. And, and originally it was just for the T model. And we spread it out to the J and the S because we just liked the way it looked. It kind yeah. of became our signature. So, yeah, we would definitely like to once we could kind of, you know, we get into a groove here. We being close to work with advanced is really nice. Jeremy and us have already started talking about some stuff that we could work on together um, to come up with. So yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, cause Dennis can design, you know, as far as the look and, you know, he's got a lot of stuff dancing around in that head of his. Sure. So it's, we, you know, we got a lot and a lot of new models to get to where we might do it too. Right. And currently you've got uh, four, wait, four months, four, five, five models. I mean, essentially it's, we have, we have, yeah, we've got really three right now. Um, that are pretty distinct um pretty much everything is the same body shape as mm-hmm. far as the outline and then we kind of goes from there based on sort of bridges and roundovers and that kind of stuff so yeah i mean it, truly we have one and then we kind of mod it depending on uh yeah, that's fair to say wh- what we're gonna do um so it's like we're very excited that we've got you know the next body shape you know when that's coming it's a uh, it's a long time coming because there are certain people that are like, Hey guys, like I've got everything. It's time for something <laughs> new. You know, and we're like, we're working on it. It's just, we wanted to kind of be firmly established in Nashville before we kind of decided to do something new. So it is, it, this is going to sound maybe a little bit weird, but, um, yeah. So Nashville, yes, I mean, no, no guitar builders or anything down there. So it's none, probably easy to none. and like how explain the climate. Soon to be none. Let's just say I've been the increase in in emails to me with resumes has gone up significantly uh, recently. Sure. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, forty years with this one company here in Nashville. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah, um, we actually did get Zach, uh, our our ever uh, present Zach's. He came from Gibson. So he was our first one that kind of was like, that's not really working. What do you guys got for me? And it was, it was awesome. So yeah, it's, it's a little interesting because every single person that we run into, that's kind of a topic of conversation in town, obviously it's a conversation for everybody in the industry. Um, I kind of look at it like, you know, when Gibson's doing well and they're selling a ton of guitars, that's good for everybody because then there's more guitar buyers out there. There's more players out there. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, to me, that's a good thing. So I hope they get their stuff squared off because, you know, we're not really competing with them just yet. <laughs> it's no. as far as, so it's like for me, you know, I hope, you know, that maybe we score a few good employees out of the deal and then they can get their stuff figured out. Cause I, I truly believe that a healthy Gibson's better for the industry. Overall. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to, to somebody who really yeah. understands what's going on. It, it, you know, anytime 
something that is that big is healthy, everybody's going to benefit from it. Yeah, totally. And and truth be told, I think the guitar division of Gibson is still healthy and profitable. It's just Mm -hmm. all the... the, diversified. Well, it's just, yeah, all these ancillary consumer electronics and all the subdivisions. Yeah, it's, you know, (laughs) if, I mean, if I were in charge, (laughs) (laughs) I would say... Let's build some guitars, and let's build guitars that everybody wants, not robo-tuners and everything else like that. So I I think that they're going to come out of this okay. I think someone will probably buy into the company and make it probably better, stronger, faster. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's, you know, if if they do tank, which I don't think they will, but if they did happen to do that, it it would not be good for the industry. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So um, let's let's uh, kind of talk about uh, how Novo came about. Um, mm-hmm. We we mentioned uh, Dennis's you know, sort of previous company. Yeah, can you yeah. give us the rundown on that? Yeah, totally. Um, so Dennis uh, essentially he he started making uh, guitars under the Fano name. So it was his own name and I, he, the wise words to anybody that hasn't started their company yet, never name your first company after your own last name. So then when you sell it, you can actually name your second company after yourself. Thanks. <laughs> just, just words of advice. Uh, <laughs> so he, Dennis is buddies with Mark Bartel, who's uh, of Tone King fame. Okay. And he named his first company Tone King. And then he sold that to Premier Builders Guild. And then when he started his new company, he got to call it Bartel Amps. So he never lets Dennis hear the end of that. (laughs) So that happens. So Dennis was doing um, Fano guitars and he was building them in Pennsylvania. Um, um, And then I think in late 2009, he got approached by Premier Builders Guild uh, to work with them. And so he sold the company in 2010 to those guys and worked with them as a consultant. Can you, so, can you elaborate just yeah. really quickly on Premier Builders Guild? I'm pretty sure most of us out there don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Premier Builders Guild was a group. Um, um, I can't remember everybody's name that was involved, but they were a group of guys who basically wanted, had an idea to um, help smaller builders sort of increase production, um, compete a little bit more with the big boys in the industry. So what they did is they went around and either bought outright or licensed, you know, popular boutique models and we're going to make them all in-house at the same place. Mm. So they, they got Dennis Fano and Fano guitars. They worked with, um, Gustafsson guitars. They worked with, uh, Jason Schroeder guitars. They worked with Saul Cole guitars. They bought up, um, two rock. They bought tone King, um, I think there was a couple other amps in there and they were all being made in, uh, Roy Grande, California under the tutelage of Gene Baker, who's a master builder from Fender and Gibson and also had his own Baker and B3 line mm-hmm. of guitars. So, um, the idea was, is for them to be able to take these guys that were doing, you know, onesie twosies here and there and really build up production. Um, Dennis was still working by himself at the time. Um, and so he thought, you know, Hey, you know, I can, you know, sell my company. I can get, uh, you know, basically work for these guys, be a consultant, design new guitars, fly out to California to to do some quality control. And then we're off to the races and let's build something grand with Fano. And they did pretty well. You know, I mean, I think most people would say that, uh, that was a pretty successful line for a while until it wasn't. So, Yeah. And then um, when it wasn't, Dennis was sort of looking 
for something new to do. And since he didn't own Fano, he had a non-compete contract um, that had expired. So he was able to start doing Novo guitars. So he, so he had to stay out of the game for a little while. Yeah, he basically, in his agreement, he could still make his own guitars. And he kind of started up Novo sort of at the same time and was mm. planning to kind of come out with them at the same time, which is a little bit confusing. Um, and then when that all kind of, that non-compete kind of um, sort of ended, you know, the kind of thing that kind of got screwy somewhere in there is that Premier Builders Guild folded in 2015 and sold off all their brands. And so Fano was one of them and that got bought by a different company. So it's actually being made, you know, by another uh, entity altogether now. Wow. Yeah. Desert Sun, I think is the name of them and they're doing that in Scottsdale. So it's like twice removed now from Dennis. So, so how, how do you think that that plays into um, the, I guess the legacy of of the Fano brand and into what w- what implication does that have on the Novo brand? Well, I mean, early on it was difficult because a lot of people didn't know that Dennis wasn't wasn't involved, and so he they thought, well, you know, what am I supposed to buy? You know, am I supposed mm-hmm. to go want a Fano? Am I supposed to want a Novo? And a lot of people didn't know how early Dennis had sold the company. You know, they just knew of Fano guitars, knew of Dennis, or maybe they didn't. And you know, kind of didn't understand sort of how all that stuff went down. So it's an interesting legacy because there's so many people even today that love Novo that still love all the Fano guitars that they have. Um, We certainly still love uh, those designs. Um, They're what I got excited about when I first saw Dennis's stuff. So it's a, it's kind of a weird thing. It's a little ex-girlfriendy, you know, to kind of see (laughs) when they've got, when, when players that maybe we want to work with are playing sort of newer Fano guitars or um, when they've kind of, you know, anything they kind of, they kind of do. Um, it's always a little bit kind of jarring when it pops up because it's just, you know, instantly you're like kind of happy because you see a guitar you like, and then you realize what it is and you're like oh you know so kind of we tried really hard you know starting off with novo to sort of try to establish ourselves for people that didn't know who dennis was at all like we didn't want it just to be hey this dennis 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 it's like how do we do this sort of on our own terms and the really exciting thing was is that the the relationships that dennis had with the original dealers that um, had come on board pre Premier Builders Guild were all still there. So they all came on board immediately because they were excited to get Dennis made guitars again. And so that really helped us get started off and running. I mean, I got hired on and we had 13 dealers already. Wow. So it was like, I didn't have to, I mean, I'm coming on as a sales, sales guy and I don't have to do any work. This is fantastic for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not out there hustling. I mean, it'd be one thing if I was on the phone every day trying to get these guitars sold, we had. 125 guitars on order the day I set foot in the building. That is incredible. So, so it was just, but there, there was a, 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 a pent up sort of need for Dennis made guitars again. Um, something that he had a direct responsibility for um, that sort of had, you know, once he had wasn't really as involved over at Fano anymore, some things kind of changed and it wasn't really his vision anymore. And so I think a lot of the dealers that, um, uh, we're still carrying Fano. We're really excited to get something that they felt comfortable with again mm-hmm. to, to, to tell their 
to tell the story to their customers where this guitar came from. And so we, it was a nice opportunity for us to kind of just restart everything and kind of and build it from the ground up. Dennis kind of talks about, you know, back in the late 2000s when he before he sold Premier Builders Guild, like what he could have done with Fano if he had done it himself. And now we get a second chance to do that. And it's a really exciting thing that it's going so well because, you know, people gave him, gave him another chance. You know, here's another company, a whole different set of things. And it's, uh, you know, we've had such a great reaction to it. It's been, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's not a guarantee that that's going to work. No. And uh, especially and, without, without the, the, the name that people had spent so much time um, mm-hmm. going after you know, just starting something different just because that same builder, I mean, the, the history is littered with that kind of situation. And, uh, that's quite the opposite here. This is, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's, it's been really great. And I think that just Dennis's kind of commitment to, to everything, to the design aesthetic, uh, to the guitars, how good they sound, how good they play, um, and just like, again, like I can't thank the dealers enough for kind of bringing this on and, uh, and sort of believing in it and letting it grow the way it did. I mean, we've haven't, we've done no advertising. We haven't spent a dime on advertising since we started. Um, not even a Facebook ad or, or an Instagram wow. ad. Like we've done nothing except <laughs> just kind of put them out there and like, like let it kind of let it happen. And Dennis has done so much work to get us to this point over the last, you know, 25 years that it's not, it's not a, you know, two year old company or right. it's, it's way more than that. But like, you know, the name recognition and all that stuff, it's been, you know, we had a lot of artists too that, uh, you know, uh, were ready to come over as well that he'd worked with in the past. And so that was really great too. So, you know, it's, it's a combination of everything. It's hard work and, and just, just in having that built in audience. It, it goes to show that like the fact that you didn't have to hype it, that quite literally the guitar, the images just alone, just the images of the guitars alone, not knowing maybe history or who even Dennis Fano is or that there was a Fano even before mm-hmm. that is driving fervor for these guitars <laughs> is, I mean, that is a testament to the, uh, the design of these things. Yep. It's you know? I, I've, I really, you know, I, I will, you know, I'll blow it up all day, man. I mean, it's just like the design. I mean, it kind of just drives me crazy sometimes kind of like looking at what we like, especially the different kind of how we can kind of have one body shape and then like kind of constantly push like new guitars, like new looks and new colors and new Dennis does not like to make the same guitars. I mean, yeah, (laughs) we did one the other day where we did the gold foil on the bridge and two strat pickups. And like, we'd never done that before. And like, that looks amazing and totally different and cool. But you know, Dennis does not like, like when I come to him and I say, Hey, you know that, you know, we made this guitar before and we're doing it again. He hates it. He's like, I don't want, he doesn't like to do. So it's like a very custom shop mentality. And I'm like, dude, if, if it's sold once, that means, more people might want to buy it so let's make it again and he's yeah. like no nah, i'm bored with that already he wants to do another one and that kind of it, it's a it's a kind of a, a hidden blessing um that he had to start over because you know he had his models with fano and this way he can do whatever he wants and pushes even even further without sort of like well i still have to make all these old guitars that i made before right. so mm-hmm. you know the way he is and the way he likes to do things and um you know 
it's been really great for him to sort of get to do that and have no 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 preconceived notions of what it's supposed to be. We right. can just kind of kind of go for it, and it's it's been really great. I think I think it's worth mentioning. You know, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, certainly before the podcast, we were talking too. But um, yeah. I, I think it is worth bringing up that you know we're we're referencing a third person here a lot <laughs> and it is not because that third person is unattainable or um exclusive or anything like that it's because he doesn't he, he he's like man you you go hype it i'm gonna feel weird if i'm hyping my own stuff he won't that? do it he right? hates it it's so funny because <laughs> like and he like he knows like well you love doing that stuff matthew so go for it and I, you know it's as we've grown i've starting to feel a little bit more comfortable side of taking ownership of what we do uh-huh. around here because i'm involved in everything so much mm-hmm. but it's still sometimes i just sit back and go like well you know it's still Dennis is the guy. It's uh yeah, I mean it's like I really hope that I can kind of rope him into coming on with you guys so he can tell we you a little bit more we about what he does. I mean it's like, hey, I can tell you about me entering in spreadsheets today for new orders. <laughs> that's really exciting. <laughs> right? It's like that's fun and it's like yeah. I'll tell you, you know, it's it's like that part of it or, you know, or you know, some of the other stuff that we get to do. I mean, if you enjoy our Instagram, I do take all the pictures. So that's really fun for me. Well, I like that part. Job. I enjoy Thank you. <laughs> um, it's an easy subject to play, but yeah, I just, Dennis is, is easily the most humble guy that I've ever encountered that has this much talent in this industry. And it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's literally a pleasure to, to, to get to work for him. Can well, we, can we really talk is. about a couple of, of things that I, that caught my eye? Yeah, go uh, for some it. Some innovations. Uh, one is the single bolt, uh, atta- neck attachment. Yeah, totally. And the second one are the glow in the dark side dots. Yes, sir. So can we, can and we the, talk and the three dot dots and the three dot dots, <laughs> the three dot. dot. Yeah. So, so a lot of all those are on the Sectus model. Okay. Um, that's where they started. And so the, the true Dennis Fano fashion, the idea of the Sectus model is I'm starting a new brand and I can't do what I did before because we're already doing Fano. So I'm still working there. And I need to come up with something that they're not doing that's completely different. So it was his way of sort of like thinking about, you know, the bolt-on neck electric guitar and saying, what can I do differently? And one of the things that he always liked about, you know, a set necks is just, you know, a tighter, you know, attachment, a tighter pocket, a neck that's not going to move. So he's like, how do I take that and sort of innovate it into something that's going to work for him? So the single bolt neck attachment was the genesis of that is to come up with a new neck joint, something that had a nice feel in your hand that's rounded off, that's going to attach to the neck, uh, to the body and get that same sort of level of, of rigidness that you would get out of a, a set neck, but not, but be able to take it off and, you know, repair it or, or mix and match or however you want. So that's how that came about was just a need to kind of design something new. And then he's not a huge you know, uh, sort of fan of repeating himself. So it was just a way to do that. Is so is, is there anything different on the actual neck body joint or is it just all in that, uh, the metal attachment? No, the, the, there's a, there's a, uh, recessed, um, aluminum block that's in the neck joint that that bolt is attaching to. Okay. So, 
So it's like, yeah, I don't think we've had any pictures online of what that actually looks like, but there's a, a block that it's like, that's screwed into the, the body and then the neck gets, it's, gets, uh, it's screwed into the neck, I'm sorry. And then the, the bolt goes through the body and then attaches itself to that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I should probably put some pictures of a. Up yeah, that, on that'd line. be a really cool Instagram post. Yeah, I don't know why I don't do stuff like that. You guys are thanks for helping me out. You know, I'm too <laughs> transfixed by these, too transfixed by these beautiful finishes, and that's all I ever take pictures of. So, uh, but yeah, so that's that was that. The goal is is a, answering a simple question: is is like how do I get a, a bolt on to sort of have that same rigidity as a, a set neck does. Nice, and that was what he came up with. And yeah. then the glow in the dark, dark glow in the dark dots. On the Sim- yeah, so you can see your side dots on stage. Nice. That was that was the simple solution. It's funny because we've had a lot of uh, you know players come by and say like, oh, like I, they glue little stickers on <laughs> so they could do that. And so well, that was kind of the idea behind that. Right. And so that's pretty cool. Glow we did that the on the Sectus. Polish. There you go. That works too. <laughs> we'll just do it for you. We'll put it on the guitar for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then the, those like kind of moon inlays that he did the yeah. the, the quad dots same idea is just you know just an idea he had to have something a little different that wasn't traditional blocks or you know just he wanted that sec he wanted that sectus guitar essentially to just be nothing like not like you couldn't visually reference it in one shot and say like this is just this um that was kind of the the so the inlays kind of tied into that idea it's yeah. just like something that no one ever done and he loves to do that over the top at every at, at every appointment yeah it's that's wild even the cases i mean if you look at the photos of those cases i mean they're they're, they're just you know over the top cool yeah, yeah we got a purple like grimace interior and then uh, a nice like kind of gunmetal silver outside so yeah. graphite looking thing so it's a nice combo early on that was kind of the idea was this kind of silver purple color scheme was yeah. what he was going for and yeah. it's and it's uh it's got embroidered the logo on the inside mm-hmm. like the fanos were too but it's really yeah. just, it's a really top-notch look yeah yeah definitely one we more actually, reason why yeah. i did, did yeah. i say this earlier that i love so, these guitars <laughs> so uh yeah i mean so it sounds like you're gonna have to get one of them bring, uh, it, in, bring it in at here at some point yeah tony's success so one of your 28 rickenbackers no never <laughs> <laughs> um well on that note like uh would you take uh, a really nice gibson Ex- explorer on trade oh, just yeah. Say? <laughs> wow yeah time to yeah. trade bud um, i've got this yeah. ventures yeah. Uh, jazz master <laughs> That I, I heard about together. that guitar. Yeah, I heard about that one. <laughs> well, um, you, when when you guys come out with this new model, all right. Yes. Let's see what we can do to get Dennis back on and and use our platform in any way you mm-hmm. like to help announce that not that you need it <laughs> no yeah, you know if you need a little push or something like that we, we do I, I joke about it all the time but like i don't want to be stuck like thinking like oh we don't have to do anything and suddenly we increase production and then the stuff's sitting and i'm like well i probably should have thought about how to market these guitars yeah. earlier if it you is know, sitting remember my explorer and then we can talk about that <laughs> i like it i like it hey are you guys going to be at uh, summer nam um, actually, we're not because okay. since we're here already, um, we're going to do uh, an open house here oh, at the shop. We so will we can be there. Plug that. Yes. Can we? Can, so please, can, yeah. can we get on the guest list? <laughs> please. Yes. RSVP <laughs> to me, and yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the reasons why we decided to do Nashville is the access to a lot of different yeah. things. Um, when we were kicking around ideas for what city we might want to move the company to, you know, Nashville was pretty much it 
from from Jump Street because of the access to artists, the access to venues, the access to um, uh, employees and art, you know, builder, just all the different things. And then, you know, knowing that uh, the industry comes here just in droves to be able sure. to do like a little open house. So we get a nice showroom set up here come on down and fire up and check the stuff out. We don't have to do much except just, you know, hang out. So it's great. That's Excellent. Brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. Well, so man, if I you really guys are in town, please come by. We yeah. will be there. Oh, yeah. We will definitely be dropping. Awesome. Away. I'm excited. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your time with us. Um, we're just gushing. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard to, to, to make a, you know, sort of an objective, sort of interview when, when you're spending so much time just kind of like fawning over things. These are really sure. cool. It's not a really good interview. <laughs> Remember when you were in the Beatles? <laughs> you get a Chris Farley show me for the whole time. Well, I get a little embarrassed because it's like I don't really talk about it in a sort of objective way. It's like, you know, and it's like obviously it's my company, but I was, I'm just still just a fan of Dennis's stuff in general and it's just, it's it's always a pleasure to just try to figure out a way to kind of exude that to everybody else. And, and since you guys are super into it, it's uh, it's really easy. It's just been, it's been a yeah. great, uh, it's been a great couple of years. Well, yeah. this has been one that I have been wanting to do um, pretty much since I saw, first saw the first ones come up on Instagram and, and uh, I, I gotta be honest when I learned it was, it was Dennis. I was like, we're never going to, this is going to, I'm never going to, we're not, we're not going to, and and it turned out to be a much easier and much more pleasurable experience than I could have appreciated at the time. So I thank you for that. Oh, um, no problem. Jared? Well, everybody, you know what time Jared, it he is. He just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, it's time for Would You Rather? <laughs> All right. He's available okay. for bar mitzvahs, the, the parties of all sorts. The velvet smog. <laughs> okay, everybody. So, your amp blows to bits. But... How did it blow to bits? I, I don't know. It got Just, run over with a lawnmower? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> your buddy down the road makes amps. And uh, so you, you go down to the thing and you're like, hey, man, I need an amp. So, would you rather have your controls... On the top of the amplifier? Like a Vox. Like a Vox. Or would you rather have them on the front of the amplifier? Like a Fender. Or a, a other 150 <laughs> kinds of amps. Yeah. Marshall. Yeah. Marshall. Although Marshall did it both ways, too. <laughs> and those are on the bottom of the... So anyways, yeah. So let's say it's a combo amp. Combo amp. So combo we're going to be at the top. So just to eliminate, you know, because nobody's going to put the controls at the bottom of a combo amp on the front. That you would could. be... That would be ridiculous, and yeah. they, they won't. Anyways, <laughs> top front or rear top top. Wait, top and you're front really front. front of the amp at an angle, front of the amp, or top of the amp flat. I've seen them a bunch of different yeah. ways too. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, of course, but we're just picking two because this that's, is because this our, guy that you know that builds amp only because does it's it two ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for. Oh man, I was totally lost. I didn't oh, know what, what we segment were doing. is this? <laughs> All right, Tony. Ah, oh, lordy. Um. I'm going to, well, is this just going to be sitting on a stage or is it going to be on a stand? Let's say it's, let's say it's. Stand on a stage. It's on a stage, 
but it's not up high. Not up high, so it's, it's down low. It's, it's mm. lower. You might have it on a small riser. Okay. I'm going to go to the top of the amp, but one of the things that always bugs me about my Voxes is the controls are upside down if you're looking down at it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have my custom builder flip that around Ooh. so I can actually read and do it that way. And, so I'm going top of the amp. And not make the uh, knobs the same color as the plate. Yeah, that, which is that's like another Vox. <laughs> Seriously, guys, what are you doing? Oh, well. Uh, they do make a nice amplifier, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, if, yeah okay. No, they're cool. It's, it's fine. It just wasn't my bag of chips. No, but anyways. That's okay. I tried. I tried it. At least you tried it. I Some did. people wouldn't even have tried it. Um, and that was for a different kind of music, so I might appreciate it more now with my the current the current thing I'm doing. But or anyways, not. whatever. Jared, <laughs> top rear. I had a PV5150 combo, and it was the last run of that when PV was still calling them 5150. And I gigged with that thing all the... I, I did a lot of gigs with it. And because I'm tall, it was just easier um, just where the placement was to, you know, to adjust the knobs. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm taking it and gigging it and using it all the time, definitely top rear. Okay. Okay. Matthew. Definitely the front. Definitely. And two reasons why. Number one is that I need that panel clear of my beers. Which are gonna set on top of the amp. And then number two is that I only have one knob, which is it's if I'm getting a custom one built and it's just gonna say louder. There and you go. I, so I don't need access to it very much. So that's it. Brilliant. I'm going front as well. Um, because I also I, I don't like all the dust all over the, the controls. I, you know, whatever. I'm just whatever. I don't like the dusty bits and I don't like to have to read it backwards or lean over the front of the amp to where I'm almost falling over it to control it. It was ridiculous. Anyways, well, you're front. Short. I want the front. I'm taking a front. Nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the front. Yeah, that that front, solves that. Yeah. So two and two. Rear. Two, two, two fronts, two rears. Yeah. So, um, hey, Tops. so Matthew, where can people find Novo stuff? Yeah, so you can go to um, NovoGuitars.com. Um, so you can check out our different models, uh, check out our dealer list. We have uh, 17 dealers worldwide now. So you can check out to see where those in stock. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Novo Guitars if you want to check out all the wonderful pictures that I post. And uh, yeah. They are pretty snappy pictures. Dig yeah. it. And uh, Tony. Yes. So we got this thing. Yes, and it's a short thing. It's a very short, shortened version of what I used to do because apparently Todd doesn't like when I do the extended version. <laughs> he gets very upset and he starts twiddling and getting very, getting shooting nasty looks over this one. Right? It's long already. So let's just say you're gathering around a 4th of July kind of picnic. we got this thing called patreon <laughs> in which our our and and, and your and, and your mom and dad say hey what can you know we really you know we we son we, got we, we know that bill, you got a five dollar bill and a ten dollar bill we noticed that you like guitars an awful lot and and you listen to this podcast it seems never endingly the fourth of july at the fourth of july picnic mom and dad are noticing feels this. like it right now what can we do that would help support you and 
this po- wonderful podcast that you listen to. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called the Guitar Knobs. The Guitar Knobs podcast. Yes. Yes. So uh, you just say, well, it's easy. Go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. And there are just many different levels that you can participate in, mom and dad. Uh, I'd highly recommend the $20 level because that makes me an executive producer. Well, a $10 one makes you executive producer, but thanks for playing. So you got the $10 one. You can start out at one. You can do a five or you can do a 10. And if you really, really, really love the show, then you can do more. But uh, at $1, what are you going to get? You get uh, just a, a pocket full of stuff. Yeah. Stickers, picks. Mitch match. Just it's, everything. Everything yeah. you can imagine. It's the best dollar you will spend that month. You never have enough 100%. of that stuff. And at the $5? Yeah, the, all that stuff and more. And you get a knob that button. you can actually, a button that bare you can... Barefoot bare, bare button. button. That's bare all, Barefoot button. button. You can put on one of your favorite uh, little... little uh, pedals. Foot, foot pedals. Those yes. Little foot fancy pedal. things. Foot pedals. Yes. At the $10 um, mark... You get all that and more, and you get your name right, right on the thing, and, on. and a Guitar Knobs t-shirt. That's right. In the wonderful orange and black Halloween colors. Uh, there, well, yeah, okay. It's always good or to Cincinnati have... Or Cincinnati Bengal colors. <laughs> sure. It's always good to have your name written on the thing. So what I'd like to do... And, and, and red on the thing. Red on can, the can, thing. can I do this? <laughs> yes. Please, can I do line. this? Yes, do it. So I, without further ado, I would like to read from our list of executive producers, and we really appreciate you it, being... It truly does. We're screwing around right now a little bit, but it means the world to us. It does mean the world to us. So I'm going to go. Just do it. Top to bottom. Uh, Tom Barazin. Martin Cliff. David Wolfson, Matt Brammer, Carlos Mancha, Pete Marshall, Derek Fitzer, Robin Smith, John Daly, Oliver Gonzalez, Sean S. Chris Kearney, John Anglin, Robert Marfleet, Alex Leggett, Darren Gregory, Gary Goodman, Zach J. Wright, and Doug Christ. That is right. Man, oh man, what a great list of folks out there. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, yes, sir. Truly, 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 we do. <laughs> and um, uh, Tony, where can people find you? Well, for beautifully handcrafted pickguards. Yep. And they are custom made. I know a guy. Um, they can go to pickguardian.com. Yep. You can also check out uh, through most of the major social media outlets. Uh, including Instagram, Facebook, and many more. Excellent. Great. Jared. Jared. Brandon. I make a pretty good pickup, so if you need... <laughs> yeah, they're okay. You know, they're not bad for an easy, you know, a beginner You're diet. getting me all what flustered. Did we, what did we talk about last time? I don't know. So, <laughs> so uh, if you guys need any pickup work done, or if you're looking for something special that you can't buy anything or anywhere else, I'm sorry, then uh, go to brandonwoundpickups.com and uh, get a hold of me at jared at brandonwoundpickups. I am also on Facebook and Instagram and uh, not really Twitter that much, but I am on there. Do you do rewinds? I do uh, I do rewinds all the time. And you sell regular pickups like that I could get... If I'm just looking for P90s, I can get them through you. Sure. 
or humbuckers. Sure. Or single coil. Go to my website. It doesn't have to be special. Can you do wide range humbuckers in a Jazzmaster casing? No, I cannot. Okay. Okay. I I can do T-tops though. Okay. Anyways. We've been ribbing Jared a little bit here and he's really (laughs) frosty and hot and he's a really big person. So this room is very small for him right now. People out there listening, uh, you can get a hold of me, Todd, at Todd at the Guitar Knobs, and just drop me a line. Drop us a line. We'll talk to you. We'll have some good fun. Matthew, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Man, this was awesome. It was great talking to you. Please say hello to Dennis on our behalf, and thank him for uh, his massive contribution to the guitar world that we love. I will, and I will. I guarantee you, I will get him to do this. Guarantee. Oh, you it. said it. <laughs> All right, I said it. Now it's on me. <laughs> All right, buddy. now it's Take on care. me. Right on, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Subscribe. Yeah. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at the guitar for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time